this year, you know, even just reflecting on this past season, you know, we, we moved in here, I believe, 2021, which is crazy, 2021, we moved in here. And uh, just all the Lord has done, um, you know, in our community, all that the Lord has just built, the people that the Lord has sent here, you know, we, we always brag about how amazing our people are. We love the people that uh, are part of this church. And uh, yeah, this past year, we, we started our prayer rooms for the first time. Uh, we got the HQ building, finally had kids in ministry. Amen. If you guys know, throwback. Kids were in a tent outside, you know, the tabernacle for the Lord. Um, so many beautiful things. We started home groups. Um, you know, we have, I think, four home groups now, which is amazing. Uh, just a lot of amazing things that the Lord has really just done uh, just in this past year. And uh, who knows that we go from glory to glory. Amen. So I'm excited for what's to come. All right, you guys ready? You guys ready to eat? All right. So, um, you know, as we know, God never changes. Right? You guys believe that? God never changes, but God is also never stagnant. What that means is that if God is not stagnant, then we're not called to a stagnant life. This means that we don't live on yesterday's bread, right? We're given new mercies. We're given daily bread. And because of him, like I mentioned, we go from glory to glory because there is so much more of him that he wants to inhabit in you, especially this new year. And so I want to start here in 2 Corinthians uh, 3.18, if you have a Bible. It says this, and we all who with unveiled faces, okay, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing, say ever increasing, ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot in, in just this one verse. We we'll love this. So, so to break this down, what this means is, is in Christ, you are continually being changed into what you were originally created to be, which is to be conformed into his likeness. It's to be increasing in the character and nature of Jesus. And so what, what this means practically, right, for us is that God is always leading you into newness because there is always more of Christ yet to be formed in you. All right, let me say that again because no one got it. God is always leading you into newness because there is still so much more of Christ yet to be formed in you. All right, this is what it means to go from glory to glory. Right, I love the, the, the language here is that we're being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. It's increasing, right? And so I know as, as we enter the new year, right, everyone's trying to make New Year's resolutions. And I think we can all agree they don't work. Um, I've tried. I don't even know if I've ever successfully, anyone successfully do New Year's resolution? God bless you guys. Um, you know, it's like, I'm going to read 15 books this year. You read like two, um, I'm going to lose weight. You gain weight. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just, 
it's just not realistic. But maybe it's just me. Maybe I just need to, you know, mature a little bit. Uh, but I want to give you guys, like, a really good New Year's resolution. Can I give you guys it? All right, if you're taking notes. This year, our New Year's resolution should be to become more like Jesus than we were last year. If we are ever increasing in glory to be transformed into his image, then this year, and I really do believe God is a God of seasons, right? There's a, there's a time for building, there's a time to tear down. God is a God of seasons. And I think it's so important as we enter a new year to be intentional in how we step in. That when we step into a new threshold, so to speak, we step in saying, okay, God, what's new? (laughs) And sometimes new looks like old, but it's still new. Last year, I'll still try to become like Jesus. This year, I'm trying to become even more like Jesus than I was last year. Amen? And so let's go to Luke 5, 37. Can we turn this down a little bit? I feel like it's really loud. Do I, do I sound loud? No. Yes. All right. Sorry. Luke 5, 37. So good. It says this, and no one pours new wine, say new wine, into old wineskins, say old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. Okay, so to give you guys some context, Jesus is being asked a question about fasting, right? He's being challenged, he's being asked by, by these religious leaders. And if you read the context of the verses before, we know that Jesus has literally done miracle after miracle. He's, he's made the blind see. And, and the religious leaders, they're asking him such a practical question. They're like, you've, you've seen Jesus heal the sick, but you're worried about fasting right now, right? Like they're asking such a technical question. Like John's disciples, the Pharisees, we fast. Why aren't your disciples fasting? And, and Jesus gives a, a very beautiful response. He says, you know, when, when the bridegroom is here, there's no reason to fast. Because it's time to celebrate. It's a time to feast. But there's a time when the bridegroom will leave and then you'll fast. But then after that, he says this because now he's, he's actually addressing the root. That's, that's the beautiful thing about Jesus when, when he talks, right? He's not surface level. You know surface level people? That's not Jesus. He goes straight to the root and he says, there's actually something here that I want to address. And this is what he says. Your question actually has nothing to do with fasting. (laughs) You're not asking because you want a theological interpretation of how I think about fasting. They're actually asking something that, that they don't have the ability to actually understand. And he says this, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. And so in ancient times, right, new wineskins usually were made from the skin of goats or lambs. They're sewed up. They were the primary vessels for the aging process of wine. Uh, new wineskins were then filled with unfermented juice and were left to age for a period of time. And then gases formed within the wineskin over time as the flavor, color, and balance of the wine grew. Okay? And if the wineskin was new, it would expand and hold both the wine and the glasses and the gases. 
That it's important to note that the new wine actually takes time to develop as the wineskin contains it, and it will then expand, grow, and conform to a different shape to contain the wine. So this is why he's saying old wineskins won't work because they've already expanded. They already have their own, own structure and own shape. They're not going to change. Tracking. Old wineskins can't change. They've, they've already expanded and they, they already have a shape. And if you pour new wine, it's going to ferment and the gas is actually going to make it burst and explode. So this is why a new wineskin is necessary for new wine to be poured in because the wineskin starts to conform and expand as the new wine ferments. You guys connecting dots yet? All right, good. Because you're good, good students. So what's even, even more interesting is that the word new here in Greek has nothing to do with age. It has to do with the nature. So he's not saying I, I, you need a, 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 a wine skin that's not 20 years old. That's not what he's saying. He's actually speaking about the nature. He says a new type of wine, a new nature of wine requires a new nature of wine skin. So Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit, the things of the kingdom, the new covenant can only be poured into and understood in a new nature. That's it. That the Holy Spirit, the things of the Spirit, the things of the kingdom, right, which, which the Pharisees just could not understand, right? They could not understand the things of the kingdom. They wouldn't understand why Jesus was, was breaking the Sabbath and breaking the, the rules, and, and they couldn't understand it. And he's saying that the only way you can understand these things and receive these things is you need a new nature. So let me translate this. The Holy Spirit in you is meant to ferment and expand, changing your nature, and your new nature then begins to grow and conform into a new image, Jesus is. Right, Romans 8, 29 uh, says this, for whom he foreknow, for knew, he also did predestine to be conformed into the image of his son. Before the creation of the world, Jesus' desire and design goal was for you to be conformed, right, into the image of his son. Um, a couple weeks ago, or I think actually a week ago, me and my wife, we, we took a trip to uh, Virginia Beach. And uh, this is a funny story. Uh, I'll tell more probably in a couple weeks, but we went, we, we, we had this, you know, we woke up as New Year's Day, you know, we didn't party the night before because we're good Christians. Um, we woke up and we're like, you know, let's do something fun. Let's, uh, let's go to Virginia Beach and you know, we love Virginia Beach. And uh, the, the thing about me, you guys probably know this, I'm half Filipino and I absolutely love Filipino food. Like it's my favorite. I cook it, you know, you know, yeah, amen. Come on. And uh, I love Filipino food, but there's literally no Filipino food. I mean, there's like one little place in Lynchburg, and it's okay. But there's no Filipino food for like a three-hour radius, right? And so we go to Virginia Beach because there's like, I don't know, half the Philippines move there for whatever reason. And there's tons of Filipino food. And uh, we're driving, and we're like, okay, it's a three-and-a-half-hour drive. We're going to get Filipino food. 
And uh, I was literally in the car researching for an hour, guys. So I'm like, we got to get the best of the best Filipino food in Virginia Beach. We're driving three and a half hours. This has to be worth it, right? And so I'm researching and like I'm calling. They're closed because it's New Year's. I'm researching. And, and it took me an hour because there's literally like 30 Filipino restaurants, right? So I'm like calling. They're not posting their hours for whatever reason. And I'm like, okay, they're closed. I'm like, oh, look at this one. But like the food's kind of okay. They're open. I don't know. And so I kept researching for an hour and we finally got like a restaurant that we were like, okay, this is like good enough, right? And we're driving, we're about 30, 40 minutes out, and we're just tired, right? You have a toddler in the backseat driving. It's just exhausting. You're like turning around every 30 seconds to like give them something, and your back's like crooked after the, the drive. And we're just like, we're tired, we're hungry, we just need to eat. Is there anywhere that's just the closest restaurant possible, like closest Filipino restaurant possible? So we Google it, like, okay, this one's like 20 minutes away. Let's just go here. It's fine. Didn't even see any pictures. Nothing. Do not recommend this. So, so we get there. We pull in, and we're like, this is the hood, right? It's like outside. This is, looks like a gas station. We're like, you know, Viva La Philippines. So we go inside, and guys... This was the nastiest restaurant I've ever seen in my entire life. And, and hear me out, right? I'm not trying to trash them. But there, there's like hole-in-the-wall restaurants that are vibes. It's like there's hole-in-the-wall restaurants where it's like, it's like cool that it's grungy. Like it's cool that it's dirty, right? This was not it at all. It was just like not cool and very dirty. So we go in. It's just like, I don't, I don't even know what's happening. Just like karaoke, karaoke posters on the wall and like dirty tables. And we go in and we're like, okay, we gotta use the bathroom. We go in the bathroom, the light doesn't work. So we had to use our flashlight on our phone. We sit down, there's no toilet paper. This is a great start, right? After three and a half hours. And so my wife literally, I love you. She just walks out. She's like, I'm not eating here. Cause she's pregnant, right? Like she doesn't wanna get food poisoning. It literally looks like you're gonna get food poisoning. So she leaves, I'm like, ah, oh, like, like, it's awkward because you're, like, waiting for him, like, do I, like, order? Like, do I leave? And I have this weird affinity for struggling businesses. This is, like, a thing about me. I'm like, oh, they're struggling. I feel bad. Like, I want to help them out. So I'm like, okay, I'll order a bunch of food. Like, I don't know if they get customers. And I ordered food and had to eat in the car because we were not eating in there because it was very dirty. And uh, I'm eating the food, and I'm like, this food's actually pretty good. I'm like, this is not bad. But here's the thing. Even though the food was good, the restaurant was so nasty. Right? Like, if the health department came in, that thing was going to get closed in an instant. Right? And, and the point that I'm trying to make here is that new wine, even though it's so good, it can't really work in an old wine skin. It just doesn't work. It's, it's actually wasted. That good food was actually wasted because they didn't clean anything in the restaurant, right? And so if someone pours unfermented juice in an old wineskin, the, for, the, fo, the forming gases would cause it to burst. And as a result, the new wine and the old wineskin are both wasted. And so God's spirit, guys, he can overflow out of you and he can 
move in you and, 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 and do all these things, but he can't fully conform you into his image if you're still living by your old nature. Let me break this down for a second. That all of us, we are born, right, with Adam's nature. We, we see this, the, the biblical narrative. Every single person is born with Adam's nature, right? One of sin, one of disobedience, one of shame, one of striving, one of separation from God, right? This is our default nature as a human being. And the beautiful thing, this is the beauty of the gospel, right? This is the beauty of the gospel. Can we take the chart off for a second? Because that would be really distracting. I want you to hear this. This is the beauty of the gospel, right? We, we're, we're born into this default. Sin is our default. Disobedience is our default. Separation from God is our default. Shame, guilt, this is our default because this is the nature that we have received. And so when Jesus, Jesus steps onto the scene, right, he comes and he lives the life we couldn't live and dies the death, right, that we deserve. We know that. And so this is the, the great exchange, the, 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 the significance, significance of the cross. This is why we worship the lamb. This is why we can say holy, holy, holy because of this one moment. That on the cross, there was a great exchange. That on the cross, he received your sin nature. Right? Scripture says that he who knew no sin became sin on the cross. So Jesus never sinned. How did he become sin? He received it. Why? So that we would become the righteousness of God. How did you become righteous with God? You received it through Christ. So this is the great exchange, okay? And so now your nature, if you've received Jesus, your default is actually not Adam's nature anymore. Someone needs to hear that. Your default isn't Adam's nature anymore. It's actually Jesus's. <laughs> Jesus's nature is actually now your default. And now the journey of the Christian life is becoming more and more like that nature. Through the Holy Spirit, through the help of the Spirit, right? And so I want to break down, the chart can come back up. The difference of operating in Adam's nature, sin nature, the old nature, the old wineskin, the difference of operating in the new wineskin, our new nature, Jesus's nature. Right, Adam's nature operates in sin, but Jesus's nature in us operates in righteousness. Our old nature operates in disobedience, where our new nature operates in obedience. The old nature operates in shame, whereas the new nature operates in intimacy. Right? Shame pulls away, intimacy draws near. The old nature operates in striving. I have to strive to be right with God. I have to strive to receive God's promise. Whereas our new nature operates by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Our old nature operates in separation from God. Whereas our new nature operates in nearness. And I think it's so easy to hear this, 
and be like, nah, it's too easy. Like, my life doesn't look like that. Like, I hear that, but I'm still, I'm still sinning, still disobedient, still fill in the blank. And scripture actually makes this very, very clear. That we are transformed by the renewing of what? Our mind. Your mind. So you have already received Jesus' nature, but now you have to be transformed into it. The wineskin has to expand. And again, you hear this and you're like, that's so easy. Like that, like... It shouldn't be that easy. Does anyone here who's a believer believe that you have eternal life? Okay. That takes a lot of faith. So if simply believing enters us into an eternal reality, how much more does believing enter us into life here on earth? We can believe in faith that we can have life after we die, which we will. Then that same faith authors us to experience his life abundantly here on earth. All right. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, right, the new creation, the new nature has come. The old has gone. Someone say, the old has gone. The new is here. So in Christ, guys, you've been given a new nature. Sin is no longer your default. Anxiety is no longer your default. Shame is no longer your default. Your default is Christ-likeness. For all my nerds out there, you have a new operating system. There you go. And so this old nature simply cannot hold the new. It can experience it. It can be touched by it. It can have a drop in it. But it can't hold it. Right? Just like the old wineskin, the old nature simply cannot expand or grow to contain the newness of life from the Spirit. It will burst. And so this is why... I want you just to hear this. This is why you can be saved and know Jesus, believe I have eternal life after death, believe he's my savior, but still struggle with the same things years after year after year. Do you know why? Because you're just wanting new wine to keep coming, but your wineskin keeps bursting. Everything that God's like, hey, here's, here's a blessing. Here, here's how I see you. Guys, I've seen countless people encounter God in ways probably I haven't had. And then they're still living as if it never even happened. How does that happen? How can someone literally have like an encounter with God where they're weeping and like they heard God's audible voice or they heard God's voice in their mind and they're just like completely wrecked and you're like, that's the moment their life's going to change, right? But an encounter isn't enough, sadly. Because God doesn't bypass you being transformed into his likeness. That the new wineskin has to be stewarded. 
to contain the new wine. So only our new nature can contain the new growth, the good fruit, the character, the healing, and the maturity that the, the Father has for each of us. Who wants new growth? 2023. Who wants good fruit? Who wants new character, better character? All right. Who wants healing? Who wants to mature? All right. You need a new wineskin. So I want to say this, and I want to make this practical, that your new nature has to be stewarded. So the same way, again, I know I keep repeating it, but the same way the new wineskin, it has to expand to contain the new wine. That we have to steward our new nature to grow because when you are born again, someone needs to hear this, when you are born again, you are not born as a six foot five jacked Christian. You're born as a baby. Right, you're born again. And we forget that. That when you receive Jesus, you're, you're actually a spiritual baby and you have to actually mature. <laughs> like, you know, well, I had a cool encounter. I can do whatever I want. Chakababa. And I'm just going to like see what happens. It doesn't work like that. Right? Jesus walked with his disciples for years. And they still <laughs> didn't make it. So I don't know about you, but. Okay. So it has to be stewarded. Right? Luke. 252. Is this helping anyone? Yes. Okay. Luke 252. Hear this. It says, Jesus grew. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I right, speak about Jesus' youth, right? Growth is not optional. If Jesus grew in favor with God and man, if Jesus grew in wisdom, then you do too. A billion times more. So salvation, guys, it doesn't mean you have a free pass from obedience. Salvation doesn't mean you have a free pass from sacrifice. Salvation doesn't mean you have a free pass from discipline. I think we have this, like, concept, and, and, and I, I, I don't know if I'm being harsh. If I am, it'll be fine. But we have this like idea that when, once we're saved, it's like autopilot, right? It's like it's going to flow in the ghost, whatever happens, happens. Jesus calls us to be what? Disciples. What is a disciple? It means a learner. It means a student. It means you're in full submission to mirror your rabbi's nature and life. And so we all want new, we all want new layers of authority, we all want new gifting, we want new freedom, we want new purpose, but are we willing to develop a new wineskin that can even contain that? Right, this is why we've seen new wine wasted, we've seen God move and counter people, but it's wasted, why? Because people don't know how to steward the new wineskin. I think in church, We've gone so afraid of any form of work. Right? We're, we, we have this tendency, you know, because there was the generation previous that was like, strive, 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 right? 
like your salvation is based on your efforts. And so we've, we've kind of put work and we've buried it and we've slapped grace. And we're like, well, grace will disempower me and whatever happens, happens. And yes, we're empowered by grace. But Jesus, or the scripture also says that faith without works is what? Dead. And this doesn't mean, I want you to hear this, this doesn't mean that you have to add works to be more saved. Of course not. But if you want to become more like Jesus, it takes obedience. It's not doing what you think you need to do to be right with God. It's doing what he says you need to do to be more like him. We're on the same page? Right? So grace is freely given, but you are responsible to walk in faith. And someone needs to hear this, that you're not waiting for God to give you new wine. God's waiting for you to have a new wineskin. I give this example a lot. It's very, it's very drastic, but give this example, right? If someone was 700 pounds and someone prays, they supernaturally get healed and they're like, you know, 200 pounds, right? It's a miracle, right? If that happens, that's a miracle. That's God's grace, 100%. But if they eat cheeseburgers every single meal for 10 years, who knows what's going to happen? So even in the beginning, work came before the fall. I don't know if you guys knew that. God gave Adam work, (laughs) holy work purposeful work you have a duty you have a purpose there's a purpose on your life guys your purpose will require work your purpose will require sacrifice and so ephesians 4 22 to 24 love this paul says this you are taught with regard to your former way of life right your old nature to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Let's pause there. That your old nature has to be put off. Jesus already crucified it. It actually doesn't have any more power than the power you give it. So it has to just be put off. It doesn't say you have to like war with it. It says put it off. Lazarus, take off your grave clothes. Put it off. Because that nature that you're caring, operating in, is actually being corrupted. It's corrupting. It's not working, right? It's being corrupted by deceitful desires. And it says this, then be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, your new nature, that was created to what? To be like God in true righteousness and holiness. No amens for that. We're like, oh, righteousness, holiness. uh." Put on the new self, which is created to be like God. Like as beautiful as that's put, your new nature is meant to be put on to be like him. Okay, so let's get to the practicals. I'm going to end. So how do we actually steward a new wineskin to contain new Wine. Number one is a new wineskin requires new mindsets. 
right? Or a new nature requires new mindsets, right? Romans 12, 2, the verse that we know, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, right? He does the transforming. We do the obedience, but let God transform you into, right? Let the ones can expand into a new person by changing the way you think. Huh. It's not changing the way you act, it's changing the way you think. And as you change the way you think, your actions start to reflect a renewed mind. I love it. It says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Man, so many of us want, want to know God's will. God, who am I going to marry? God, where, where am I going to go? God, what am I going to do? God, blah, 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 right? We, we, we like almost idolize the will of God in our culture. And, and it's simply put, God's will is for you to be like Jesus. If it's not going to make you more like Jesus, it's probably not God's will. And so if we want to know, and I love it because we're given permission to actually access this. It isn't like you can never know the will of God. Of course you can, right? You're one with him. You're bone of his bone. You're, you're in fellowship with him. He, his sheep know his voice. But he says, if you want to be able to test and approve, to be able to tell what is and what isn't, his will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect, your mind actually has to be renewed. All right, number two, a new wineskin requires new values. New wineskin, a new nature requires new values, right? Your value system is revealed by what you prioritize. Your value system reveals what you think about the most, (laughs) You to write down the top three things that you think about the most will reveal your value system. Is it your finances? Is it, you know, how people think about you? Is it, you know, all these things? Is it fear? Is it lies spoken to you from your parents? Right? What you think about reveals what you value. Second Corinthians 6, 16, this may be one of my favorite verses. I love this. Paul says, What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? (laughs) For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. That there is no agreement between temples of God, which is you, temples of the Holy Spirit, and idols. Deadless, worthless, non-valuable things that we worship. Okay, so a new wineskin requires new values. Jesus, reveal to me your values. What do you value the most, Jesus? My values can very easily get skewed. So Jesus, give me your values. Okay, the third one. You guys won't like this one. A new wineskin requires new discipline. 
A new wineskin requires new discipline. Again, this isn't working for salvation. This isn't working to be saved. It's just partnership. Because if you're just disciplining yourself for just to discipline yourself, that's, you're going to reap what you sow. If God is like, hey, you need a Sabbath once a week. Hey, you need to actually let the word of God dwell in you. Hey, you need to actually prioritize prayer. Hey, you need to remove excess from your life that is cluttering your mind. Hey, you actually need to prioritize hanging out with people that are going to make you look more like him versus the opposite. These are all discipline. Right? 1 Corinthians 9.25 says this, all athletes, any athletes in the room? We've got like three. We'll do a CrossFit church thing. Um, amen. In Mikel Men's Ministry, come on. Uh, okay, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. How good is that? We do it for an eternal prize. Guys, you don't become more like Jesus by accident. You know, I remember back in the day, I did cross country, which may surprise you, but I did cross country, right? You know, these legs are not built for cross country. Um... I did cross country, right? And if you guys ever did cross country, right, you're running like three and a half miles for your actual race, but practice, you're running like eight miles like every day, right? And uh, thankfully the Lord delivered me from that. Uh, but but th th this is how it works, right? You're training your body, you're training yourself, not after the race, but before the race. We... we what happens for a lot of us is we don't do discipline, we do damage control. We're like, oh, I'm burnt out. I guess I have to Sabbath now. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in bondage in my mind. I guess I need to now start reading my Bible for once. And so as, as, as followers of Jesus... We're disciplined in our training, one, for the, the, the calling on our life. You all have a calling in your life. You all have a purpose on your life. You all have a destiny on your life. And in the middle of it is you being coming and being conformed into his image. And the prize that we get from discipline. Guys, if God has not personally disciplined you, you need to open your ears. God disciplines the one he loves. Scripture. He disciplines the ones he loves. He doesn't abuse. He doesn't control. He doesn't manipulate. But he draws a line in the sand. He says, hey, stay in this lane. Don't go there. Don't touch that. That's an idol. Don't go to that person's house. Hey, you need to stop watching TV so much. Hey, your thoughts, you need to talk to someone about that. This is like gentle discipline, right? I heard you guys pray this prayer, Jesus, discipline me. See what happens.
I'm serious. There we go, Sharon. All right, worshiping guys can come up. I'm gonna end here. Colossians 3.10. So good, Colossians 3.10. Let's read this together on the screen. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. That's a word right there. So we put on this new nature, we steward this, right? We put on our new nature and we become renewed as we learn to know him. Focus. As we learn to know him and from knowing him, you become like him. You can't be like him if you don't know him. And so I just want to encourage you guys. New year, new wineskin. New year, new wineskin. And, and I think for, for some, of us, some of us in the room, we can identify with spilling out. We can identify with the fact of, I'm walking with Jesus, I'm getting encountered, you know, beautiful things are happening, but internally, it's, it's not consistent. It's not consistent. That he is faithful to give you new wine. And he's also actually given you a new wineskin, but you have to learn how to put it on and actually steward it. So I just want to encourage you guys can stand. Because as we enter this, this new year, this new, new season of our lives, saying, God, create in me a new wineskin. One that is flexible and moldable and able to expand and conform into your spirit so that I can look more like you. Guys, if you keep bursting, you have nothing to give. If, if your wine is spilled on the floor, you have nothing to give. You have nothing to pour back out at his feet. You have nothing to give to your neighbor. You have nothing to give to your kids. You have nothing to give, right, to your family, your friends. And so I just want to pray. And I want us to take this seriously. Jesus, create in me a new wineskin. Come on, just you and Jesus. You know him. You and Jesus. Lord, help me to renew, to strengthen my new wine skin. That I want to receive the new wine that you are pouring out. Lord, I don't want to be found not ready. Let me be found ready. That when new wine comes, it doesn't spill. I can contain it. I can be transformed because of it. Jesus, we put off the old, our old nature. The old nature that's still holding on to shame, 
the whole the old nature that's still holding on to fear the the old nature that's still operating with fear the old nature that's still operating in disobedience and 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 closing God's voice out and and and, and this, the old nature that that believes that they, that they are separate from God and that God is as distant as can be Lord we put off the old nature and we see the cross and we receive the price you paid for us that your blood was spilled not by accident your blood, your precious, perfect blood was spilled to bridge the gap, to make us new so that we can walk and look and live like Jesus here on earth. That's how the kingdom is expanded. That's how the kingdom is furthered on the earth. That's how earth starts to look like heaven. So Jesus, create in us a new wineskin. Put off the old, we put on the new. Put off the old, we put on the new. Can we all just say that as a declaration? We put off the old and we put on the new. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that this year we will become more like Jesus than we were last year. 